0: Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em And
1: I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we read a book that was hundred percent in my comfort zone, maybe one of my mm-hmm. comfort reads. So it was a little bit yeah. of a misnomer there for me this, this week. But we are in the middle of M's unit on psychological thrillers. Um for our for psychological our psychological t- horror. Okay, well, it was Psychological Thriller when we talked about it at the beginning. No, it was Psychological Horror. Mm.
0: It's always been Psychological Horror. Okay. Yes.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Interesting news for me. (laughs) Anyway, we're in the middle of our unit on Psychological Horror,
0: apparently. (laughs) How is this news to you? This is what we've said every time. Uh, and
1: As we always do for the second book in the unit, we read a bit more of a classic example of the genre. So I took the opportunity to voice one of my favorite books of all time onto M, regardless mm-hmm. of how not horror it may or may not have been. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. read Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Um, and what did you think of this book? And if you hated it, you can't say anything. We have to just end the podcast here. <laughs>
0: wow!
1: Well, if you guys have any books, or
0: <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I liked it.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I was sitting there the whole time as I was reading it, and I was like, I don't like. I know why I like this
0: book. Apparently, mm-hmm. Emma also oh, knows why I like I know book. why you like this book too. <laughs> I was like, I just don't, I just don't know how appealing sense. this is going to be to somebody coming
1: into it fresh in 2021. I just don't know.
0: Yeah, there's definitely stuff that I'm like, "Eh, problematic," but You mean you the know, black excusable. face? Uh, yeah, the black face. I think it's would it technically brown be face. Yellow face, brown face. Yeah, yeah, a brown face, I think. Um there is that, but also just there's a lot of um there's vibes of- that I'm like mm, not sure about that one yeah but, yeah I don't like um, the use of the word idiot here in this book yes 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 <laughs> a lot of asylum threatening uh yeah which cool um <laughs> I felt that I did like it yes I good. didn't find it scary Bless. um which you know that's fine I find it's hard Danvers
1: f- horrifying
0: that is so interesting to me Uh-oh. that is so interesting Uh-oh. to me <laughs> this is so interesting to me <laughs> um i'm gonna keep my opinion on mrs M- danvers emma uh, psychoanalyzed
1: me why no okay tell me but then just like cut it what is it
0: no i want to i want to keep it to the end
1: oh okay 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 <laughs>
0: I feel like, yes, number one, I think that reading this book – it again, I, I kind of talked about this when we introed this book, that, like, it's that thing where you're watching TV with someone who, like, really likes the show you're watching, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I just kept thinking, oh, okay – I, this is the like, part I where see. Anna has
1: put down the book and is like, "Well, huh? Did you get it? Yeah, exactly. Did you like it?
0: What do you exactly. think?" Exactly. <laughs> but I, I feel like the whole time I was like, "Okay, yes. What does this reveal about Anna? Right? And like, why does Anna like this book so much?" And so it was a little distracting. <sighs> I was kind I of like
1: it. Rebecca for you while you were reading the book. Rebecca, yes, I was your yes, Rebecca.
0: You were my Rebecca. <laughs> I didn't find it scary. I gave it a good chance to be scary. I read it mm-hmm. late at night, and I put on, like, spooky Victorian music, which I know this oh. isn't technically Victorian age, but, like, that was the vibe I felt was, uh-huh, yeah. you know. I
1: mean, it's the old estate. and
0: Yeah. And London. there definitely was stuff that I was like, New ooh, London. this is creepy or whatever, but I definitely didn't find it scary. Mm. Um, and, but I, I did, I did like it, and there was oh, a bless. part where I've, like. so glad you liked it. I... Kind of like gasped in like surprise oh. at a thing that happened. Really? Yes. Okay. And it's not exactly the surprise that you would think it's the surprise, uh-huh. but we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. And then, yes, I have opinions on Mrs. Danvers and I'm <laughs> Danvers excited.
1: To me. It's the most horrifying. Like, i ever met someone okay here's why i like this book I, i'm gonna let mm-hmm. me say
0: can i predict why you like this book yeah yeah please tell everyone why you think i like this book yes i think this resonates to anna and is horrifying to anna mm-hmm. because number one there's no like gore which anna doesn't like we've mm-hmm. discussed mm-hmm. number two the most of the horror in the first 60 mm, of this book is the fear of emotional embarrassment yes. or of, <laughs> of social embarrassment, which we know is one of Anna's so like difficult. the things that. Anna hates in comedy because mm-hmm. she's like, this isn't funny, right? Because it's horrifying to her. Yes. So this is the book that handles that This is that the scariest correctly. thing I've ever read in my life. so scary yeah. to Anna because the whole thing is like, what if I behave poorly and people think badly And people of me? remember that. What if I am the and weirdo in someone's about
1: story about a random weirdo they saw in public?
0: <laughs> so I was like, yes, this makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. This, (laughs) I do, I do feel so much sympathy for this narrator throughout the whole book. She does not have a name. We, all we know is that her name is unique and beautiful. Um, who knows what her name is.
0: We know it's not Caroline or Rebecca.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it might as well just be Mrs. Because she just, she loves being a wife. Um, (laughs) the, the reason I love this book so much... It is like... It's like the first classic that I read in high school that I was like, wow, this is like the reason why books have lasting power. I, For some mm-hmm. reason, like... So, like, I always... You always feel more attached, I feel like, to that first classic that you find because it makes you feel smarter. Like, (laughs) like, ah, yes, I I have entered the echelon of people who get classics.
0: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I feel like that's Madame Bovary with me. Oh,
1: Lord, what a choice. I know. I love Madame Bovary. (laughs) Proud of us. Neither of us is Pride and Prejudice, which it's a good book, but it's not.
0: Oh yeah, but also yeah. I never had to read that for school, oh, so I feel like that's that's different, you know.
1: Yeah, I read I read Rebecca and Pride and Prejudice in the same year and it really made that me really sense. think a lot about assigned reading. Um <laughs> the I I at the age I read this, I was a senior in high school. I felt like I was and again, the intentions I suppose of the author leaving this a completely nameless faceless character. Like I felt like mm-hmm. I was the main character of this book. Like, so awkward. So, like, self-conscious about being perceived as weird. Like, only child who doesn't really understand how to do anything in regards to other people. Like, I just... I was like, this girl is me. This is what I would be like. Mrs. Danvers is the fucking worst.
0: Uh, uh, this, Yeah, this all makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. I did not... Have that reaction, not because I don't feel social embarrassment, but just I think I'm reading this th- for the first time as a thirty year old, and it's kind of
1: it hits different for sure. it hits different, yes, yeah. I think every time I reread, I reread this book because I read it. I read it multiple times. The last time I read it was in. Sorry, I should have – I had this in my mind. Last time I read this was in 2015, so it's been a minute. But I just feel like there's something new every time I read it that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's the, the best part about this book or whatever. So like, this time I really – I listened to it on audiobook – um, and so I think for me, the best part of this book was just like the really boring, creepy parts that just described what Manderley is mm. like, um, just because it, it was different listening to it as opposed to reading on the page, because I yes. always skip over description. When I read.
0: I think that's also true, too, and possibly why I didn't find this particularly scary, mm-hmm. because I read it um, first on the Internet Archive version, mm. which was not well, actually, first it was an abridged version, which I didn't know oh. I was yeah. abridged. And then I found one on Internet Archive and then I just bought it. Mm. Um, so I, <laughs> I ended care up reading mom. it. <laughs> just give I money to reading, Amazon. <laughs> right. I ended up reading it on Kindle. Um, and I think, yes, that those big paragraphs of text do encourage, especially on like a screen, do encourage brains such as mine to kind of skim them. Yes. Um, yes. Which makes it hard to get in the proper scary mindset, I think
1: yes it's very it's very much of like this slow creeping dread throughout the entire book because you start the book knowing like something bad and traumatizing happens at Manderley and the characters Mm -hmm. are still together and alive at the end but they're not they hate to think about what happened to them and so you kind of just build from there and I feel like every like new description of the estate and the and the house and the and the grounds and the the sea and the cliffs and everything i'm just it just gets worse and worse and then mrs danvers when she's like just jump out this fucking window and i'm like oh my god it was really like ooh, shivers to me the horror prude. <laughs> this is the perfect level of horror for me um but yeah i just mm, i love it i love this book i do i do concede there are a lot of problematic elements to this book um that you know the further i get from the first time i read it become more and more blatantly obvious um and i do think it is a crime that this book is marketed as a romance because it is oh yeah
0: bizarre bizarre choice maxim de winter
1: is trash man
0: capital t capital m for sure uh (laughs) I have also opinions about him. Oh, he's the fucking worst. <laughs> he's terrible. What? Who the fuck thinks this is a romance? What are we doing I don't here, guys? No,
1: but it's yeah. Always been marketed as a romantic suspense. I'm like, it's that's not the point. Of it shouldn't the be. Book. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So before before we start talking about the plot of the book anymore, I guess I have to talk a little bit about what psychological um horror is. <laughs> So psychological thrillers um, deal a lot with the the mental state of the character. I I really don't have a lot to say about this. I guess is is the one um, nice thing because I feel like it's a little bit self explanatory. But I, it is um, kind of. They deal a lot with the mental state of the character. Obviously, the psychology of the character. So we get a lot mm. of focus on people that are super stressed out. Um, maybe they have like distorted mental perceptions or these mm. like these weird convoluted relationships um, with characters that are just like absolutely obsessive or otherwise just like not da- semi-dangerous to be around people you know like mm-hmm. kind of how Annie was she I mean she was full on dangerous but but you could see she was like <laughs> when she was having her good Which days
0: part? she was she always just had like, yeah
1: yeah I think the part where she cut off his bum and leg like,
0: um, yeah that was that really was the, the big red flag <laughs> <laughs> the rest you know a dark pink but that one that one straight yeah, up yeah. Comes in. <laughs>
1: like when Annie is like at when she's just talking to Paul mm. and he's kind of like, she seems like she could be a normal person, but then like, she's got that like edge to her. So I think it's, it's, it's just like that feeling. Um, we get a lot of like domesticated settings as opposed to mm. like a, a thriller where we're in the mountains and, and there's an avalanche or like we're traveling yeah. all over the world or whatever. Um, and we're usually looking this is from um, the A to Z of Horror by Peter Hutchings. So domesticated settings in which action is suppressed and where thrills are provided v- instead via investigations of the psychologies of the principal characters. So basically, it's it's just character dives, which I love when the characters are interesting. Mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm. a lot of plot twists, unreliable narrators, MacGuffins, red herrings, um, and and we're exploring fun things like death and what is my purpose Super in life fun. and who am i who are you who are they uh is this real um so imagine who
0: am i who yeah
1: two four six oh is that psychological horror um (laughs) psychological horror is a subgenre of psychological thriller and like basically it's just a psychological thriller but scary (laughs) so (laughs) we have a lot of like characters are more con- questioning their sanity, um, and mm-hmm. the books are kind of designed to be more like nightmares as opposed to, um, you know, a mystery, like a whodunit or or something yeah. like that. Um, less monsters, less gore, less jump scares. All about the atmosphere, about creepy details, ambiguity. Um, and yeah, it's basically just brain scary versus physical scary, which is
0: my... My If I had to pick a scary, it would be the one I would pick. I don't know which side I would lean to. I feel like it probably literarily mm-hmm. I would prefer psychological because it yeah. is hard to do really good, gory horror yeah. in literature, and I think, in general.
1: Like if you write a lot of like sex stuff, like it kind of yeah. gets hard to write new violent gore, mm-hmm. you know, like it's more difficult than you would think.
0: Yeah. And I mean, also, I think I've talked about before, I'm not great at picturing stuff as I read. So there's that as well. That, like, for me, yeah. reading gory stuff isn't necessarily scary unless I really, like, think about it. And who wants to dwell? I mean.
1: I guess M. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of all I got for the, for the smart stuff this week. <laughs> this unit. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of stuff we've got for this week yes uh well I guess first who would we recommend this book to I was gonna go straight to what other books we'd recommend but we haven't really said who would we recommend this book Mm, to everyone for me but great yeah this is another one of those classics that I think are very readable today so Mm -hmm. if you want to read something that seems kind of impressive and is on a lot of like best of lists and you know historical sort of you got to read this before you die if that's you know the vibe you're going for yeah. this is a good one um, yeah like if
1: you have to choose a classic for a reading prompt or yeah, whatever f-
0: for like a class or something mm-hmm. this would be a good one i also think yeah this is a good a good read around this time of year i think we're putting this out right the week before halloween so you know if you want something to to close out spooky season here this mm-hmm. would be good for that yeah um but don't yeah. read it if you're looking for a romance it's not romance yeah it's not
1: romance <laughs> It's not, like, it's shelved as horror on Goodreads. Like, 654 people have shelved this as horror on Goodreads. So it's, like, a main page genre, but mm-hmm. I, and it's more of a thriller, a suspense novel than it is, like. I
0: think it falls under horror, especially for the first 60% or so. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it kind of becomes more of, like, a mystery of, like. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or, like, a court drama sort yeah. of thing, even though they're not actually in court for most of it. But it's that sort of, like well, they won't, they get away with it thing. Mm -hmm. Good
1: read. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it.
0: (laughs) Um, I don't know if you're going to agree with all of my takes on this book, but we'll get to it when we get to it. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, What other stuff have you been reading?
1: I read, we've had a gap in recording schedule. You guys Mm -hmm. won't notice, but our listeners, but we've had a bit of a gap. Um, So I read a lot of things. not a ton i want to talk about but i read a lot that's fair um (laughs) i think my favorite thing i read um during our recording gap was i'll be the one by lila lee which is a ya contemporary romance centered around k-pop um about in um she basically she's just a fat girl growing up korean Um, dealing with all the fat phobia that comes with that, including like from her own mother, who is, seems embarrassed to be seen with her. Like she, she won't bring her to Korea because she's, she doesn't want her family to see that her daughter is overweight, yada, yada, yada. Um, but she goes on this, um, like it's like American Idol, but for specifically for K-pop in the U.S. competition. And she's trying out to be both a dancer and a singer. And everyone's like fat girls can't dance, but lo and behold, she does do singing and dancing. So. Very good, very light, fluffy.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think you've recommended this on the podcast already. But then I remembered, no, you've recommended this to me, to, to like, yeah. A, yeah, like as a conversation. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked us
1: in conversation, what books have you been reading lately? So i got spoilers, sorry. Um, I also picked up and read, if you're looking for like a historical mystery this time of year, mm. The Body in the Garden by Katherine Shellman which I think is a Regency-era historical mystery about a recently widowed woman who moves back into London to become part of the society again, and then she solves a murder. Perfect. It was good. It would have been good for our um, great detective unit. Mm. I also read The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling, which is a little bit spookier uh, book about a girl who is basically spelunking, um, on another planet where you this is like a job people do for a lot of money in order to get off the planet because the planet sucks Mm. and she has a handler is the only person she's in contact while she's down in the in the caves and also there's like scary spooky things in the caves and doesn't know she can trust her handler and yada 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 it's it's also it's got it's got a sapphic romance and i'm guessing since there's only two characters that they're gonna fall in love so i don't know (laughs) but it's good also good i haven't finished it yet
0: but it was good. What have you been reading? I was reading a lot of romance stuff. I read uh, like a whole series by Talia Hibbert, which okay. I don't think I've recommended her before the Get on the podcast. A life
1: series or the
0: it Brown is Sisters? that author, but it wasn't oh. that series. It was uh, her Ravenswood series, mm. I believe, is the the title of it. But mm-hmm. it was quite cute. So if you're looking for a good contemporary romance, that one's good. I read nothing but good things about her. Yeah, she's she writes very inclusive. Uh, romances, I think, would be a good way to put it. Yes. And she's, like, really good about, like, putting trigger warnings and stuff like that at the front of her books, which is very nice, I think, especially for a romance. Um, but then continuing on my my spooky scary uh, quest, I also read a book by Stephen Graham Jones called The Only Good Indians.
1: Ooh, that was one almost one of my choices for next year. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad.
0: It was pretty scary I would say I didn't I read it mainly on breaks at work so I didn't really give it the chance to like really get scary because kind of have to be in like the right mood for that right but um, it's about this group of friends who when they were younger they killed a a young well I don't want to give too much of a way but there was an elk hunt and they killed an elk and the elk has come back for revenge oh shit (laughs) 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 um it is also quite graphic and there is a lot of animal death death in it both um elks and dogs so if that sort of thing bothers you you know like be forewarned yeah i know i don't love dog death but it was creepy (laughs) the way these dogs died it's one of those books where it feels like very meta very like reflective of kind of the tropes of horror right where it's like very aware of those tropes mm-hmm. and sort of deconstructing them oh, a little yeah, bit yeah while still playing with them so i really liked it i think it was a good uh book if you are a horror fan right not for like hey i, I want something a little spooky for halloween season like maybe not that because mm-hmm. it is pretty graphic and can be pretty scary um but if you're a horror fan and you like horror I think this is a this is a good one to check out awesome
1: yeah that was definitely on my short list for like
0: things I was gonna keep in I think mind you would for... not like it because Excellent. it is Excellent. very very <laughs> gore centric like <laughs> well cool well let's talk about Rebecca then I suppose let's do it let's do it okay you've been waiting for years to talk about Rebecca with me <laughs> it's my time it's my moment <laughs> Let me get it in
1: the zone to record. So our main character, unnamed 21-year-old girl who is, in her own estimation, not very beautiful, not very fashionable, doesn't really care about those things, to be honest. Super shy. No, she is. Wants to be confident. Can't be. She is currently working for an American woman, Mrs. Van Hopper, um, as her companion for 90 pounds a year. Um, and they're currently staying at the Monte Carlo in France because Mrs. Van Hopper loves staying at the Monte in the winters.
0: It's a very British accent you gave her. Oh yeah. Uh
1: what's an American accent I can give her? That's like a a New York accent. New York, oh, yeah. Miss Van Hopper <laughs> loves staying at the Monty. <laughs> um while there, Mrs. Van Hopper becomes sick with the flu. <gasps> And this gives our narrator the opportunity to become close to Mr. Maximilian de Winter. To an old man. Old man. He is 46. 46 years old. Um, and he. I thought he was
0: 42 because he was not yet 46.
1: What a weird fucking number for them to
0: say then. Like, I was thinking. <laughs> I just remember at one point they said 42, and I was like, oh, so he's literally twice her age. Okay, so I feel like that's stuck that. in my mind. But then there was at some point they said like, "I am not yet 46," which would imply that he's 45. So I don't know. I do
1: remember <laughs> that line. I think that's why 46 stuck out to me as his age. Yes. Um, but what a weird fucking age to just be like, he's not yet 46. Well, he's 45, was, and that's the milestone. And like,
0: <laughs> I was trying to think if there was like a, a um reason that they said 46 instead of he's not yet 43 because again i thought that they said he was 42 and i'm about to look it up real quick hold it on it could be 40 does 42 seem very old to you okay he said there you go oh no i told him quickly too eagerly perhaps i don't like young men you've never known any he said so he doesn't actually say he's 42 i guess he, he was just, maybe he's just, he just, just find out he's feelers. Actually... <laughs> he's like does 42 seem okay. too old but then how about 43 44
1: 44 just just (laughs) not yet 46 Uh, just blink when it gets too high for you
0: and she's like i'm not like other girls i don't like young men
1: like okay girl please i know i know it's like no honey you're grooming yourself here i don't
0: yes truly
1: (laughs) she's throughout the book i've never liked
0: young men my age like girl It was one of those situations where I'm like, Well, you are twenty one and you're like a whole ass adult and you are like you have your own job. So I'm not as like squicked out at this as I have been by like other romances. (laughs) And she's so boring. So like She doesn't do anything but sketch. (laughs) So I guess it's fine, but it's just, it's an age gap. And y'all know I'm not a big fan of age gaps that big. Yeah, especially when it's like poor girl, rich man. Like, Yes. Mm. See, and this is the other thing I was thinking about psychoanalyzing you when oh, I was oh. reading this book. <laughs> because I think this is maybe the, the seed of your hatred for that type of story. Oh. Because this is like... Poor girl marries rich man, gets put in these situations, and can't handle it, right? (gasps) And you're like, that's how it would go, because this imprinted on your brain.
1: Girl, because you know I would have fired Mrs. Danvers immediately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not me, I would have gotten her on my side.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then I would have assumed her identity and gotten rid of the body. (laughs) I would be the new Mrs. Danvers. Um... (laughs) Narrator and Mr. DeWinter go on lots of long car rides every day, getting to know each other. Uh, They just chat. Maxim seems to like her because she's got a young lost look in her eyes, which, ew. Great. Not a red flag at all. (laughs) and at one point she's like oh i just wish i was a a woman of 36 wearing black satin and pearls and
0: he like goes ballistic on her he's like never
1: wear black satin and pearls
0: how dare you never be 36 i'm definitely going to kill you before you get that age was my thought (laughs) (laughs) because when you're 36 i'll be like what 80 (laughs) don't ever become that age yes that's how time works
1: (laughs) well he's twice her age right so yeah exactly um,
0: (laughs) and twice 36 is 80 (laughs) yep my
1: math is solid um (laughs) on the narrator's last day at the monte carlo it kind of comes as a surprise mrs van hopper's like well i feel better again let's get out of this place hate it here let's go back to america on the next boat." We're blowing this town, baby. Yeah. You have, like, three hours to pack up all your things. And she, the narrator, is, like, crying. She's like, but Max, he's going to forget about me. And it's like, this time won't be real. So she, like, runs and goes and finds him. And he's like, well, what do you think about,
0: like, I don't know, getting married or something?
1: And she's like, oh, yes, I would love that. I love you so much, so dearly. I love you with all my life.
0: And, and she's very, like, I'm in love with him. Max I'm is definitely like, in love with him. like, are you? Are you really? <laughs> That's, like, his only... <laughs> reaction (laughs) I okay I know that sometimes it's hard when someone says they love you and you're not sure how you feel at Mm -hmm. that point yet like that can be a a very troubling thing but like Max's reaction is not appropriate never never
1: and it's every time too that she's like I love you I missed you dearly oh I just think you're so handsome he's always like do
0: you (laughs) did you (laughs) why fucking awful <laughs> thing
1: to say to your wife all the
0: time yes it's not like just the first time it's like after they've been married like dude bro <laughs> oh my god um
1: these <laughs> so the things about maxim that are huge red flags uh for everybody else that's not the narrator um <laughs> maxim is a widower widower and his wife rebecca has died uh like 10 months ago, um, in a really tragic way. Like she went out to sea to go sailing. She was a huge fan of sailing and then she just never came back and they found a body and Maxim identified that body as his wife and they buried her. It's very sad. Um, he seems super traumatized by it. He's often like spacing out or he'll just like his mood kind of swings a lot. Um, he's just not, he's not ready to move on. Uh, but he does own this huge house called Manderley. That's beautiful. Famous house. Uh, the, gives tours to the public of it. Um, and he's, he's moneyed, so... And super handsome, I guess.
0: Yeah, everybody's like, he's so fuckable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody. I, I Like the two other characters between, we meet in this book. The, yeah, the
0: two other characters in this book are like, he's hot. Yeah, I'd beg him. I'd fuck him. <laughs> You're my sister. <laughs> okay, can we also, though, talk about how often in the falling in love montage um, the narrator fucking refers to this dude. Like there are two things that attract them to each other. Mm. His thing to her is that she's young, (laughs) looks lost. (laughs) And her thing to him is that he's brotherly. Stop. Brotherly and fatherly. He, she keeps saying, bro, she, oh, he's like a brother to me. No, you want to fuck him. That's, That's not, not like a brother. That's not the comparison you
1: want to make.
0: I know that you don't have a brother, but, like, please stop. Well, I, I think she has,
1: like, she's got a weird thing because later on in the book where, like, Maxim is really upset about something, she's like, I just wanted to be his mother. And I was like, ew. Yes. She starts comparing.
0: Girl. She starts she hugs him towards the end and is like, he ran to me and I embraced him like a child. And I'm like, you guys need to figure out if this is Oedipal or Electrol or what the fuck is going on here. because <laughs> Who's
1: robbing the cradle here? It's a
0: pole it mess. the person or the old person? I don't know. And also you think he's your brother. And I just, ugh, that is the least sexy way to describe a romantic <laughs> interest. <laughs> so much so. Oh, my God.
1: The two two get married. They enjoy their honeymoon. They get married abroad. It's a very small wedding. No one is invited. (laughs) They go on a honeymoon of Italy and whatever. Then head back to Manderley. And the vibes are immediately different. Um, First of all, Manderley, parts of it are absolutely beautiful. There's a rose garden. They have what's called the Happy Valley, which is just like this beautiful stretch of land. Um, Full of azaleas. Yes, azaleas that are haunting because... Of Rebecca's smell, I guess they just Rebecca smells of azaleas, smells like azaleas. Um, but then like that's the front half, and then the back half of the property is just like gloomy woods, isolating fog, terrible like uh what are they called when like abrupt cliffs, like
0: just cliffs. Like, yeah,
1: but like when it's just like there, I don't know, like not steep. What is the adjective you use with cliffs? To uh, sheer. Think uh, maybe. <laughs> The cliffs are very cliffy and the sea is very choppy.
0: The cliffs are cliffy and the sea is full of water. The, the sea is very wet. <laughs> Listen, if
1: I wrote a book, it would not have the lasting power of anything. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Rebecca wasn't popular in uh Dumare's time when she That's true. originally published it. That's so true. you never know. Tastes
1: change. <laughs> It could be a my immortal situation. <laughs> um and the sea the sea is a sore subject because Rebecca died while sailing, so no one talks about like going out and sailing or having fun swimming at the beach or anything. It's kind of a non-starter. The narrator feels really out of place being the lady of a large estate. The staff still seem to defer to the decisions that the previous Mrs. DeWinter made. And she's not confident enough in herself to try and change anything. Like, there's a couple scenes where she's like, I thought I'd put flowers in this vase. And the butler's like, Mrs. DeWinter always put flowers in the other vase. Vase.
0: And then she like just completely gives it up. I feel like so much of this is in her own head. Absolutely. Which maybe is the point. Yeah. But it's like, that's what I was going to say about her. She's like, everything is how Mrs. DeWinter, the former Rebecca, did it but it's because she doesn't fucking try to do anything like she's like well what if i put it in this face and they're like oh well you know rebecca used this face if you want oh okay all right i guess i'll do that one then if rebecca did it that way it's like okay girl like you need to have some opinions of your own
1: (laughs) very true yes (laughs) um i yeah i think like this is a very interesting use i guess of a of a Unreliable narrator because it's v- being filtered through like all of these layers of anxiety and self consciousness and everything, and just like going from having no money to shit tons of money, not even knowing mm-hmm. like she can go and buy clothes if she wants, or she can go and like have her hair done or whatever. Um, and like there's not really a tutorial for this. The people who would like be helpful to her in this way are immediately against her because if she is, she's new, she's the interloper. So, um, Yeah, I like this. And we do see that a couple times later in the book where she's like, oh, actually, they didn't hate me. They just were feeling awkward because the whole Rebecca thing is embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, no one hated you. You're just boring. (laughs) They're like, do you play golf? No. No, Do you play bridge? No. Not well. Do you do do any sport? I like to walk. Do you golf? (laughs) I like to walk. I could walk across the whole countryside.
0: All right, well. girl.
1: If you take up a hobby, you'll have something to talk to people about. My God,
0: <laughs> I mean, like even the walking thing. People are like, "Oh, cool, yeah, I've walked a lot. I walked all over this place." And she's like, mm, "Nice."
1: And it's like, okay, they're trying.
0: They're really they're trying, trying.
1: trying. And you're not. Can you imagine living in an era where like the only way to have fun I was know.
0: to talk to people, and you just can't do it? You just or can't to do walk. It. Like if that was your <laughs> walk- that was a legitimate <laughs> hobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I said that, but then I guess every third person on Tinder is like, I like hiking, so I guess actually that still mm. is a legitimate yeah. hobby. We just that's like that's like walking to brag about it though. Yeah. <laughs> We all walk, bro. <laughs> no, hiking is probably Okay, so you look at some high. flowers. Yeah, I think probably I Whatever, it. though. Don't
1: at us. Um, <laughs> also,
0: I like how we're over here
1: like, man, you should take up a sport. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just fucking read books I don't want to talk to you about because they're too embarrassing for me to reveal that I've read them.
0: <laughs> you should take up a sport like D&D. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Um <laughs> Hey, but who's the bigger fool? Us or you for listening to us every week? Got him, am up. Please never leave not, us.
0: Let's not alienate the three <laughs> listeners
1: we have. Oh, no, you're not fools. You're, you're beautiful people. So beautiful. smart and head of the curve. People are always comparing the narrator to Rebecca, saying she's just so different. She's just, like, so different from Rebecca in a way I don't want to articulate to you.
0: <laughs> because one of the things i think that is probably different is the thing that she's like because she's like oh I, they're they're saying negative things about me and really i think what they're saying is she's a child she's so a much full younger adult than and it's Mr. weird Delender. that this 42 to 45 year old man <laughs> married a whole child <laughs> she looks so young and lost <laughs> she looks confused and is like i know right <laughs> i know it's hot hot as balls isn't it <laughs> the way she doesn't know what she's doing ever love it i oh,
1: love it i love it <laughs> the way she's just dressing in a plastic bag right now because she doesn't understand clothes love that
0: <laughs> the way she's just eating the azaleas because she's never seen flowers before really gets my motor going. Oh god.
1: <laughs> I just there's so many points on this book too where Rebecca has like I laid my head in Maxim's lap and he petted me like a dog. And I'm like red flags everywhere, girl. What are you doing? But she's proud of it. She's proud of it. So, I mean, I guess if it works for them. Anyway, the worst offender of all of them is Mrs. Danvers, who is Rebecca's personal maid for most of Rebecca's life she just has this awful like insidious passive-aggressive way of belittling the narrator and it's all i'm just kind of like a creepy person like doesn't make really any attempt to not be creepy (laughs) she kind of revels in it she's like look have you seen the back half of our property i'm like
0: that (laughs) and she makes the point i think at one point like when she's crying about rebecca Mm -hmm. and uh narrator's like oh why are you crying or something and she's like oh do you want me to like go hide in my room and cry like Like you do husband your husband does and how he just pretends nothing's wrong and that everything's fine it's like no i'm gonna cry about it because i'm sad
1: (laughs) revel in my grief (laughs) (laughs) there are a few decent people around though there's little frank crawley who's the estate manager um and then the narrator's like frank and i get along so well because we're both boring ass people that's like what she says
0: Please, narrator, go be with Frank. Go be with Frank. Frank he Frank seems was, enamored with you. <laughs> he seems great. He seems lovely. He's mm-hmm. uh, got a good I job. Was, you could go still visit Manderley. <laughs> the whole time, I knew this wasn't what was going to happen. Because I knew, like, at the beginning, she's like, oh, me and Maxim are still together, yes, right? Yes. So, like, that's, you know, we know how this ends, at least to some extent, that her and Maxim make it out fine. Um, but I, the whole time, I was kind of hoping that, like what would happen would be that maxim would like die somehow and then like frank would take over his life and she could just be married to frank and call him maxim and i was yeah, like yeah. that would be you can be the boring Why he would can be she the boring call version him of maxim i don't know <laughs> to to keep up the ruse i don't know i knew it wasn't going to happen frank, but like frank darling frank could you could take over maxim's life as the boring replacement and she could take over rebecca's life as the boring replacement
1: <laughs> frank darling could you just pretend that i'm 20 years younger than you <laughs> comment on how lost i look <laughs> go on frank pet me like a dog <laughs> hot <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we also have maxim's sister who also seems to genuinely care for the narrator but mm-hmm. is a very like frank and brash person so narr- the narrator is like constantly like intimidated by the sister i'm like girl she is being
0: so welcoming to you i don't mm-hmm. i don't know what else and also seems to be set like semi-estranged from her brother not quite a strange but like there was like rebecca she, she didn't come rift. by yeah yeah rebecca caused a wreck
1: yes. spoiler uh, alert: rebecca done fucked her husband or Rebecca, ho. Yeah. <laughs> um maxim also seems a little distant once they arrive at manderley the narrator's like oh he's just being a busy rich man or whatever
0: so and he's like you have no idea how much it takes to run manderley neither do you maxim because mrs Denver and
1: frith or whatever your butler's name was do all of it so whatever um we also learn that Right before arriving at Manderley, Maxim had the staff set them up with rooms in the East Wing, which was a previously neglected part of the house because he and Rebecca used to share the West wing um and you can see and hear the sea from there, so it was very triggering for Maxim and so he set them I mean, up there, yeah, he set them up in the less glamorous smaller bedrooms in the East wing, um, which Mrs. Danvers makes sure to point out all the time <laughs> <For pitch. laughs> So after they arrive at Manderley, the first bigger incident that happens is that Maxim leaves Manderley to do some business in London. Business boy things. Um, and the narrator is so happy to be on her own at first. She's like, I don't know why, but the idea of just being alone by myself is so intoxicating. And she's like ready to just be like, I don't know, without a husband for a whole day. She's so excited <laughs>
0: about it. Oh, I know. narrator. I know.
1: She goes for a walk on the beach, uh, and then when she gets back, she sees a strange car in the driveway and sees someone peeping out a window of the West Wing, and she doesn't recognize that person. So she sneaks into the house, and kind of, she eavesdrops on this conversation between Mrs. Danvers and the mystery person, and Mrs. Danvers is like, oh, that wretch, she'll be coming in the front door, so you better sneak out the back, I'll just go make sure the coast is clear. Um, And then (laughs) Rebecca, not Rebecca, the narrator just like is hiding behind a door. And the mystery person just like turns around and there she is. She's like, oh, I've been caught. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This man introduces himself as Jack that Favel, I think, who's how the audiobook pronounced it. I would have said Favel, oh. but it's, I, I would have it's, gone Favel too. Yeah, I think but. it's Favel. Um, who and he is Rebecca's cousin. He gives off extremely weird vibes. The narrator does not like having him there. He makes he is
0: sketchy as fuck. Yes, yeah, yeah. He. He's Uh, like, he like immediately comes in and is like, so do you want to go bang in my automobile? And she's like, no. He asked her to go touch it. Like, ew. What are you talking about? No one wants to touch your green car. And he also seems horny about the fact that she's young and inexperienced. Uh He's Uh also into that too.
1: Yes, which, you know, he, he,
0: he was fucking his cousin, so. So, uh, spoiler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, then later, he has a very surprisingly progressive attitude about, like, hey, who cares if, if your wife fucks a bunch of other people? It just means she's going to be better in bed. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, probably. Cool, Jack, him not yeah, sure. <laughs> uh,
1: Jack and, and narrator have some awkward conversation, and then he's like, don't tell your husband I was here. <laughs> <laughs> sweet child, sweet summer child. <laughs> uh and then and and he also reveals that mrs danvers and jack hang out because he's like mrs danvers last connection to dead rebecca so that's why he was just stopping by to visit old danny as they call her
0: so were they fucking i
1: don't i thought mrs danvers had had the
0: hots for rebecca this whole time because oh for yeah. sure i thought that too until she was like i raised her from like infancy and then i was like "Uh, no probably not but Mm -hmm. there were kind of some queer vibes there but not enough that i'm willing to make the call yeah yeah uh
1: maybe 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 she and jack were though maybe she's like you look like rebecca you have a familial resemblance (laughs) i could be your grandmother that seems to be the vibes of this book (laughs) after jack leaves the narrator sneaks up to the west wing to see what they were snooping around up there for and she's immediately taken aback by the fact that everything is exactly the same as it was when rebecca died. It looks as if someone is still living there. Like the the bed has been drawn, like there's a fire, there's there's um like brushes are still out on the vanity, like there's like it looks like someone lives here, but then she's like, "Oh, but it smells musty, so I guess nobody nobody lives here. This is Mrs. Danvers shrine to
0: Rebecca." Um, speaking Can we talk about for a second? The fact that this is the second book in a row, and I think Danvers is about to come in and say this shit, that really, so maybe I should have let you continue. Never mind. No, you
1: say it. No, you say it.
0: No, you say it. You say it. No, you. It's the second book in a row where they seem to have a hair brushing kink.
1: Oh, no, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Mrs. Danvers (gasps) would brush Rebecca's hair for hours.
0: The next thing that that happens is Danvers comes in and is like, Look at all of the things that were Rebecca's. Look at the hair brushes I used to brush her hair for hours. Mister DeWinter used to brush her hair for hours, and I'm like, okay, so like, what is up with we this? We were so sad when she cut her hair short. No one could brush her hair for hours then. <laughs> like, what could only is this? We brush her hair for half hours. Because she also talks about like brushing her own hair, and like, there's a lot there's of a hair lot of talk hair in this, which again, very similar to Transcendence, where there's just a lot of. Hair talk is the most sensual and...
1: part of the body back in the day. Yes, I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess I don't know from Neanderthal times until the 1920s or whenever this Mid-30s, took place. 1930s, yeah, Mid- yeah,
1: 1930s, very puritanical times. The hair was really yes. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I was sneaks in. She's like, try on her clothes. Oh, look how much taller Rebecca was than you, and so much broader in the shoulder and her. But her feet were small. Look how small her feet were. Beautiful feet. <laughs>
0: her slippers yeah, on her
1: hands. Yeah, yeah, put your hands in the slippers. It is okay, small. <laughs> uncomfortable. This entire scene where she's just forcing Rebecca's things. And the narrator is silent for the duration.
0: And <laughs> <The narrator laughs> just, just lets it happen. <laughs> so painful.
1: This house is so beautiful. Everyone loved Rebecca. Oh, everyone. Everyone thinks she was so beautiful and so, like, Rebecca. perfect for Maxim. They were a
0: beautiful couple beautiful tiny feet and long, long hair.
1: Long hair that we brushed for hours that I mention? And then the narrator gets scared and locks herself in her
0: room until Maxim comes back. Girl! <laughs> just fire her. What just are you doing? Just fire her.
1: Uh, oh, I would have. Okay. The next big event is the fucking ball. The narrator and Max are kind of bullied into having a big costume ball in the narrator's honor. just because she's the bride. Um, and this is like a, a yearly tradition of Manderley that Rebecca and Maxim started. Was they're going to have a big ball, invite all the people. It was going to be a whole huge thing. Rebecca used to love mm. it. Um, the the narrator, they kind of the, the people around her kind of poke fun at her a little bit and be like, "Oh, you'd look so cute dressed up as a little shepherd or whatever," because she's kind of provincial, I guess. Um, yeah. And she's like, "No, I'm going to pick a great costume. I'm going to keep a secret from everyone. You'll see. I'll show you." girl <laughs> but she can't figure out what she should dress as because she she's has no so hobbies boring or interests. she can't come
0: up with any any idea for a costume
1: <laughs> <sighs> um mrs Danver comes in at the last minute and and is like hey you should check out the portrait hall and see if you can get any inspiration there's lots
0: of like ancestors in there or whatever and you should look especially at the, look at the one in the white dress yes specific that painting. One, so good caroline de winter
1: yes beautiful white dress lots of curly hair it's beautiful so it's the it's the best painting in there no one else has seen it though
0: i'll give you the address to a shop that will make you this dress yes
1: and the naive narrator is like oh i think she wants to be friends with me this is a beautiful painting (laughs) so she gets the dress custom made
0: (laughs) i mean to be to be fair i thought that the the gag was going to be that it was just straight up a portrait of Rebecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least it wasn't that. But then also I would hope that the narrator would be able to figure that one out, but also maybe not. Yeah, so. would have said under there, Rebecca De Winter. Oh, I don't know. That's but so she... weird that his ex-wife had the same name as an ancestor. Weird. That's so weird.
1: Maybe that's why they were married. Uh. <laughs> so the day of the ball comes. she's been hyping up this costume for weeks now she's like it's a secret you can't know what it is I'm gonna shock you all you're gonna be so surprised when I come down those stairs dressed just like that big painting everyone looks at every day <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't even a good costume I whatever <laughs> I yeah I don't what, the other everyone's like I'm a pirate I'm like Cleopatra or whatever I'm, I'm
0: in brown face don't look at me and
1: like <laughs> she's like i'm just this person that was on the wall
0: (laughs) you know this famous woman that all of you guests who don't live here definitely know definitely see every day like we do um
1: so she walks down the stairs she gets her costume on she walks down the stairs makes her grand entrance in front of her husband and uh maxim's sister and sister's husband or whatever and she is expecting everyone to ooh and awe over her and instead they're looking at her horrified uh and she's immediately, just like, what did I do wrong? And Maxim's like, this is a terrible joke. I can't believe you've done this on purpose. You wench, go upstairs. Take this dress off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it turns out, because Beatrice, the sister, goes up and explains this to her afterwards. Oh, this is the same exact costume that Rebecca wore last year at this party. Um, Two yeah. years ago. Last year was canceled because she was oh, dead. Yeah. The last time we had this party, um, <laughs> This was what she wore. So poor taste.
0: <laughs> and, and at no point, at no point, does she ever say like, "Oh, mrs Danvers told me I know, to wear it." Be crazy. I was like, "Girl, just tell them. Just tell Beatrice. She would understand." But she has this fear of
1: people knowing that she's afraid of mrs Danvers. I'm like, everybody knows.
0: You like cringe when she walks in a room. Yeah, like, you hide gonna... from her.
1: You run to different parts of the house to avoid her. <laughs> Uh, so, she, her whole big thing, her whole night is ruined. She comes down later in just, like, a blue dress. Um, they spread around the the story that, oh, her dress didn't fit when it came back from the costume shop or whatever. So, sad day. Um, and Maxim doesn't talk to her for the rest of the evening, even though they're standing next to each other the whole time. He doesn't look at her, doesn't touch her, doesn't doesn't do anything. And she kind of just is, like, on <sighs> autopilot,
0: just... This is such a romantic book. So
1: romantic. (laughs) She's just having, like, this out-of-body experience. Like, I know I'm there, and I'm saying, I'm just, like, spitting out niceties to these people, but, like, I'm not there also. So it's a miserable ball, but everyone thinks it's a great success. The next day, the narrator and Mrs. Danvers have a confrontation. And Mrs. Danvers basically she's, she's, she's obsessed with Rebecca and she just talks about Rebecca or some more talks about her grief and, and, and basically kind of goes on the attack. Like you're useless narrator. You can't replace her. It's embarrassing that you're even trying do us all a favor. She like opens a window and she says, I'm not going to push you, but you should jump. <laughs> she's like, think about it. And, and then the book, like this to me is the the most horrifying part of the book because I don't know we're just we're just in the headspace with this narrator it's such like a close perspective and she's thinking like she's looking out the window and she's like yeah it's like foggy so I I can't I can't see the ground I don't so like if I jumped I wouldn't even it would be a surprise when I hit and I know how far it is and I know how hard like there's there's huge hard rocks out there so and like she's really thinking about it and Mrs. Danvers is really in her head and it's this weird like she notes, like, after this whole catastrophe with the ball, she's like, I am young no longer. Like, this has matured me in a way that, like, I can no longer be naive, and I understand that now. Um, but she's, like, really out of it. And, and the only reason I think that she doesn't jump is because then we get, like, these these flares go off because mm-hmm. a boat has crashed on, on the reef, I think, is what it is. Um, so, yeah, hate that part of the book, but it's very good. Where am I in my notes? I went off script a little bit. Here I am. A boat has run aground. There's a bunch of activity <gasps> surrounding that. Um, the boat stuff. Stopped- <laughs> It was, it was kind of dull. There was a lot a of, lot boat of boat stuff. Boat stuff.
0: And I was like, why are we talking about this boat? This has nothing to do with anything. And it turned out it did have something to do with yeah. something. So I was like, oh, okay. But, but also there was a lot of boat stuff. The level of,
1: like, the detail. The conversations that we have to read with people. I have a little so boy many. here on a picnic with my family. And he's just like, <laughs> gotta talk to him and have his whole thing. And he never comes back. Don't give a shit about
0: that kid. Every single character has to explain what has happened with this mm-hmm. boat. And I'm just like, I Do you get it? And I was thinking it was all just going to be metaphorical. Yeah, like this is her marriage. (laughs) Yeah, you know, which also (laughs) Also it is. But but it did have a purpose. It did, yes.
1: Because, you see, a diver goes underwater to see if this boat can be salvaged at all. And while he's down there, the diver finds another boat. Rebecca's boat. And there's a body inside of it wearing all of Rebecca's (gasps) clothes and jewels oh my goodness who could it be what could it be because we it's odd because remember how maxim like already identified a body as for sure his wife rebecca that would that was drowned and and found um who was that who was that if
0: not rebecca who is this if not rebecca spoiler we'll never know who that other body was and it concerns (laughs) me they just threw it away they just just were like well guess get this (laughs) bitch out of here we don't know who this is so (laughs) get her out of the family tomb so they're like they're like there's two bodies there's this body that's in the boat and the body that was was identified as rebecca we have to figure out who the two bodies are it's very important didn't and they're like well eventually we've decided the body in the boat is definitely rebecca's so guess that other one doesn't matter anymore we have to redo
1: the funeral since we did it wrong the first time and put rebecca in in that place where there is a body but they don't give a shit about that other
0: body (laughs) don't give a shit about this other armless body that they found
1: (laughs) oh my god maxim is like very freaked out about this turn of events um and the narrator is like, please, Maxim, let's not fight. Tell me what what's wrong. What happened? Why are you so mad? And Maxim is like, all right, you want to know why I'm mad? I'll tell you why I'm
0: mad. Maxim's first like, wait, am I mad at you? I don't remember being Yeah, mad first of all, like, he's oh, like, oh, cool. what ball? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't angry. Oh, I guess I was a little angry. But like, I, I have other things to worry You're about. You foolish like, girl. <laughs> cool. Way to invalidate the fact that she's been stressing about this for like 12 hours at this point. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. good.
1: <laughs> Maxim is so trash. Anyway, he reveals to the narrator what actually happened the night Rebecca died. God. He talked he's monologues for like five pages. It's very long dialogue. But basically, he shot and killed Rebecca and then put her in the boat and made it sink. But he
0: didn't do it far enough away from shore because here it is, a year later, they found it. And okay, the narrator's response to this is like oh, I'm so, I'm so upset that he, like, killed her and is still... Like, her whole response this whole time has been, like, I hate Rebecca because he's in love with her mm-hmm. and I, I can't fight a ghost, right? Yes. And then she, she, they have this revelation and she says something along the lines of, like, oh, did you love her so much? Because it's revealed that um, she cheated on Maxim, like, a ton. A lot. And... Uh, he's like, "Oh no, I didn't love her at all," and she's like, "Yippee!" Yeah, <laughs> that's all she can thi- fix now
1: It's the only thing like, she can babe. think of is Maximus saying, "I love you." <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to show you I loved you because we live in this house where Rebecca is everywhere. <laughs>
0: like, babe, if your takeaway from your husband saying he murdered his first wife is, "Yay, he really loves me," no, <laughs> we deserve to
1: be together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're a fucking mess.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. And Maxim, like, kiss, kisses her very passionately. This is, like, four months into their marriage. He kisses her passionately. And the narrator's like, oh, my God, he's never kissed me like this before. Like, on the lips Good. with tongue.
0: <laughs> I'm so horny for this murder. <laughs> and
1: then she doesn't, like, kiss him back at all. And Maxim just, like, kisses her for, like, I don't know, like, five minutes probably. She's trying to make out with her. And she doesn't react at all. And he's like, oh, I knew it. I left too late. You don't love me, and even if you do, that lost look in your eyes is gone. So what is there now? What what's I've the point?
0: It. Oh, and I, I did skip over. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should explain since I hurried us along. The the reason for him yes. killing her was that she's been having an affair with everybody. She cheated on everybody. He says, like, basically two minutes into their marriage, she was like, heh hey, I've done horrible things. We yeah. never hear what those horrible things are. Presumably they're sexual, because that seems to be yeah. the vibe. It seems like
1: she's got some weird side business going on. Maybe drugs.
0: I don't know. Whatever. I think she's just she's just having uh, big orgies, I think, is the the vibe. It I don't know. Be. Yeah,
1: she essentially she tells them, like, we'll pretend we're in love, and I'll make this house and you so famous for being rich and a house she, i guess she
0: just makes the house really good yeah. she's good at upkeep ta- of having the house a party.
1: she's got good taste
0: yeah and him and his father were men and didn't know how to run households or something yes. whatever gender roles mm-hmm. um so then she's like oh i've been fucking my cousin and i'm pregnant by my cousin and i'm gonna raise the baby as yours and he's gonna inherit your state and he's like no this is horrible and shoots her yes and i'm like okay so that's really fucked up is the thing with that yes like, i i i'm i don't know if we're supposed to be like maxim was justified but he super wasn't he super wasn't no because
1: he could have he he fully could have divorced her but he was afraid of the but scandal a, yes he didn't want his name in the papers which i'm like
0: what? again he's a perfect match for the narrator because they're both just so fucking terrified of what other people will say about them yes. that they do incredibly stupid shit <laughs> including, like, murder. <laughs> including murder including murder
1: oh so the narrator is happy at this turn of events even though maxim is like i'm gonna fucking go to jail for murder now i fully (laughs) threw locked her in her shot her cleaned up the crime scene locked her in her boat drilled holes in the bottom of her boat and fucking sank it on purpose and they can tell all of that Well, they can't tell. Thankfully, they cannot tell that the body was shot. But, yes, there's an inquest to figure out what happened with Rebecca and the boat. And they do see that someone has deliberately drilled holes in the bottom of the boat and, like, closed off some other boat things that make it so the boat will sink very quickly. But it's officially ruled a suicide because there's no proof of murder, I guess. Like, the Mm. holes in the boat are suspicious, but there's nothing to say, like... Maybe it was just the wind closed the door in there. Maybe she did want to die. I don't Who's to say? We don't know.
0: Question there was marks. no motive for anybody yes. else, and no one was seen down there. So it's like, rich. well, yeah. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. fine.
1: Um, Jack Fable and Mrs. Danvers are both present at the inquest, and Jack is like, hell no, this is bullshit. So he visits manderley and tries to blackmail Maxim because he has this letter. It was written to him from Rebecca on the day she died. That says, "Hey, got something important to tell you. Um, heading heading uh, heading home from London. So call me when you get this, or no, come to the care, come to the to the little sea cottage that I have. That's where I keep my boat, and meet me there. See you soon."
0: So here's what they should have said. Here is how they should have played this. Yeah. Oh. She has something to tell you, her illicit lover. You're now confessing because he like yes. he they get the the police dude in there and he tries because Maxim's like it's fine you can tell the cop I'm not gonna be in any trouble and they bring the cop in and he's like basically it's like I was having an illicit affair right yes and uh, Hi, Maxim's like I'm this Rebecca's is the f-
1: cousin and we were fucking we
0: were like, fucking and everyone was like Ooh. and Maxim's <laughs> like this is the first time I'm hearing about this which cool and here's how they should have played it should have been like oh. At, at some point, because they find She's out, like, oh, she was going to see throat. a doctor, right? Yeah. Someone could have been like, oh, my God, I just put it together. She was pregnant, was going to tell him that she was pregnant. And when he didn't show up, she assumed she'd been abandoned by her lover mm. and then killed herself. Yes. Easy. Yeah. Because he's like, this is clearly motive for murder. I'm like, no, it's motive for suicide. You have even said you didn't show up. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Or- this is, like, an obvious like way you could spin this <laughs> to make your – but no one has that thought. Everyone's just like – Oh, yeah, she was making a plan, and mm-hmm. so she wouldn't have killed herself.
1: <laughs> or if it was murder, like the this, this points to you being the last person that Rebecca would have seen that day. So,
0: well, what? but he did, ha- he was at another party, oh, so he had an alibi. No. So, like, just be like, it's your fault, bro. <laughs> I've put it together. She was so sad about you not showing up that she just killed herself. She just like, died, like, died cool. of
1: sadness, a broken heart. Broken heart. Good Good on it on happens you, to women all the time in the 1930s. Instead they do this silly like phone mystery. They just phone tag. Yeah. yeah, so Mrs. Danvers still has Rebecca's diary from the from the weeks leading up to when she died. They're like, "Hey, let's see what she was up to that day." Um and uh Mrs. Danvers sees in the diary that she met all her appointments but then she also had this weird secret appointment with a doctor and nobody knew about it not even Mrs. Danvers she's like Rebecca would have told me if she had a doctor's appointment like we were tight we were like this Um, and they're like well maybe she was sick and they didn't like what could she have been ill and uh, Mrs. Danvers is like no Rebecca Rebecca hated to be sick and there's no way she had any kind of lasting illness because she said she would rather die quickly than have any sort of lingering this is a complication. So, like, no, she wasn't sick. <laughs> like, okay. Cool. Um, so they all assume that Rebecca was visiting the doctor because she was pregnant, and they're like, "Okay, well, this makes suicide less likely because she wouldn't kill a baby, would she?"
0: You wouldn't download a car, would you? <laughs> if I could,
1: <laughs> they all go up to London the next day and meet with the doctor. Guess what, guys? Turns out Rebecca was sick. She had cancer. So even though it was super duper, just plain old murder, it just, it looks like a suicide now. And the magistrate's like, sorry for bothering you, Mr. DeWinner. I'm going to go home, have some dinner with my sister. Uh, Smell you later. And Jack is like, "Mm, you haven't heard the last from me. And he like goes and makes a phone call. And Maxim and, and the narrator are like, well, I guess... Let's go home. Maybe we can stop by a stop by a restaurant or something on the way back. And but Maxim's like, yo, I have a bad feeling about this Jack guy. We better go as fast as we can back to Manderley.
0: Don't they call at some point and hear from Manderley that uh, Mrs. Mrs. Danvers, Danvers is has cleared out? Up all of her shit? Yes,
1: yeah. yes. Mrs. Danvers received a long distance phone call from London, and she disappeared in the night. Hmm. And Maxim's like, we gotta go. Got a hmm. blast. Interesting. And then they start getting closer to Manderly, and the narrator's like, oh, the sun, it's rising. I didn't realize we were driving in that direction. God. are like, not, you stupid girl. That whole ass house is on fire.
0: And then the book ends. Nice. Just right there. Okay. So here's my opinion that I think you will disagree with. Okay. Hashtag. Mrs. Danvers did almost nothing wrong. Oh my god! <laughs> I am, I am like, because this is going into this book. Everyone's like, Miss. I had seen Mrs. Danvers on like several lists of like best literary villains of all time. Uh-huh. Here is my argument for Mrs. Danvers. She is an old lady who the child that she has raised since birth uh-huh. basically died in mysterious circumstances, and then her employer, who she can't. Talk shit to, or she'll get fired. Remarries a child and brings that child into that house. Into the house, and the child is now her boss. That's awful and shitty, and I would also be pissed about that and be really <laughs> passive aggressive <laughs> about it. The suicide thing, little much, but like I get it. She's <laughs> so, in the throes of grief. Would you do? Th- would you do the costume
1: goof? Would you?
0: I would. One hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. Are you kidding? Oh my yes. word! Yes. Fuck all of them. Are you kidding? <gasps> they. They're acting. You are telling me <laughs> that if the child that you had raised she didn't do anything had, to you had oh, died okay. but you're not trying you're not trying to get the kid you don't care you don't give a shit what happens to that kid you're trying to get fucking DeWinter you're trying to be like Fuck you. You're trying to pretend that Rebecca didn't exist. Here's a fucking figment of Rebecca right now. Like, look at her. Remember her. Don't try to fucking forget about your wife that you were married to and just died 12 months ago. And now you've remarried, you shithead. I get that that the narrator's collateral damage. Sad little narrator. You know what? That's fine. (laughs) More Now she'll have a story to tell at parties. And then... You find out that this dude, because Danvers fucking knows that Maxim killed Rebecca, right? Like, she Uh knows by the end of this. And he is going to get away with it because the justice system is so corrupt that he is not going to get anything for it. And he killed what is essentially your daughter. Yeah. Fuck yes, I'm burning that house down. I mean, I would burn the house
1: down as I was leaving. (laughs) I think yes. If If I knew...
0: Like, is is her relationship with the narrator fucked? Is she mean to the narrator for no reason? Yes. She's not behaving as a great person, but she is in the throes of grief that she is not allowed to express in the way that Maxim is allowed to express because she is an employee. Mm. She is is being forced into this role of trying (sighs) to pretend, trying to... Pushed down the fact that this was someone she was close to and loved who died, and then everyone's acting like she should just accept it and move on, and should have a relationship with this new girl that's just peachy keen, right? Like, no, fuck all that, Mrs. Danvers. Guess- <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing. I'm gonna write a book as soon as this is in public domain. I'm gonna write a. F- there you published go. Write the Mrs. Danvers from book from Mrs. Danvers' perspective. I
1: think that's the problem. Is it's told from? It's told from the narrator's point of view yeah. and all we get is her is she's she's just a victim man she's a victim of this gross older rich man who is preyed on her and now she's a victim to his his horrible housemaid.
0: i mean she's a victim up to the point where she's like yeah it's fine he did a murder yeah at that again, point i'm
1: like okay well we can't root for the
0: murder but he does <laughs> until and he then. does spin it in a you know fairly uh like, sympathetic way to I his I had to cause. do it because
1: she was weird and awful. So mean
0: to me. She's doing this whole thing about the kid and whatever, but I would also question whether or not what he she told him was, I'm pregnant and not, I can't have kids. Because yeah, because we find that know out she Maxim can't wants kids. kids. Yeah, because she's like, I'm dying, I can't have kids, and then he just kills her. Mm. Like, So really, yeah, that's the horror of it all. Who is really the villain? So really, Maxim is the real villain.
1: Absolutely. Maxim Maxim is trash.
0: If I was going to pick a scary element of this book, I would not say it's Mrs. Danvers. I would say it's Maxim. Like, Mm. I found the idea, I think that as a horror, the idea of being married to a man who has committed this crime and being like Bonnie and Clyde with this dude, right? yeah. I feel like it's more like the horror of her getting fucking groomed into being okay with this. That's right? What, yeah. Rather he withheld, than...
1: he withheld affection to me until he committed, until he revealed he committed a murder. And then he yes. loved me all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there are any good people in this book is
0: the thing. Eh, the narrator's. Okay. She's. <laughs> Except for the. She's being complicit with person. the murder. <laughs> thing. Yeah. There's that. Um, Rebecca seemed pretty chill.
1: Rebecca was probably (laughs) fine. Just having sex, doing drugs in her little
0: sea cottage. Well, I mean, like, honestly, though. Okay. Hashtag Rebecca maybe did nothing wrong because, like, like, yeah, she definitely cheated on her husband a lot. But also, like, I feel like she's kind of a very um, Rochester, Mrs. Rochester character, right, of, like, At the time that this was written, it's kind of like, oh, isn't it so horrifying this woman behaving in unwomanly ways, Mm -hmm. right? And being sexual and like, you know, but now I'm like, I think the horror again is more like, oh this woman who was trapped in this society where she is expected to behave like perfect hostess perfect wife whatever and she doesn't want to do that so she figures out a way around that but in doing so has to become monstrous Mm. because of the like society that she is in it's not like there
1: weren't marriages of convenience like the
0: fact that Maxim is so horrified about this immediately is like Maxim's like she's such a slut and I'm like yo because that is the thing right he's like I can't speak of the thing she's done and I thought it was like she murders puppies yeah, but I th- no I'm pretty sure it's just she fucks around and I'm like yo okay and she's discreet
1: about it because no one knows
0: yeah everybody thinks that you guys are the perfect couple and she's good in the sack now as we know from her cousin <laughs> that's not that problem. I think
1: Maxim ever partook
0: but maybe <laughs> no well I think if if he did then the pregnancy thing wouldn't have been as big because it's yeah. like well maybe it's his but I don't know yeah yeah I don't know there's lots of layers to this one I feel like you can and I don't I don't know how Damare intended this to be read, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can definitely read it as like oh yeah, Mrs. Danvers is a straight up villain. And she I think you can also him. read it as like No, it's the patriarchy. <laughs> the patriarchy is always the villain. The patriarchy is always the villain. Oh, <laughs> uh. Again, I'm not saying that telling a 21-year-old that they should jump out a window is good. <laughs> no, I'd say that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad? I
1: think we can all land on that one. I
0: think we can all agree. But I think that most of the other shit she did was just, like, shitty pranks and being passive-aggressive and then burning a house down, which was justified in my I opinion. whole house to the ground.
1: <laughs> I just think that she's just so, like... She's just so insidious.
0: I just. Mm. I think she's just good at it. She's yeah, good at being thing, really aggressive. Yeah, that's the thing. She really could have be
1: <laughs> like really just awful. And like, I don't know. She honed that craft in that year that Maxim was gone.
0: Or she yeah. learned it from Rebecca. Maybe that's what Rebecca was like. I mean, I think that there's, there is kind of that implication. Maxim says something about like, oh, she always, like all the servants are scared of her, but she knows not to start shit with me. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, So I think there is kind of the implication that she's always been this way. And then, like, she also has that line about, like, how Rebecca is just this master manipulator of men because she hates all men. And I'm like, vibes. (laughs) Vibes, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: I would have liked to Uh. meet Rebecca.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yes. I just feel like, again, I think Rebecca's probably a villain. She's probably not a good person. But I think that she... Is a victim of society in her own way. Yes. Oh, a, <laughs> a victim of wanting to be a boss-ass bitch <laughs> in a time when boss-ass bitches weren't allowed to shine.
1: <laughs> oh goodness.
0: Oh. Anyway, that was Rebecca. That was Rebecca. It was a good book. <laughs> so next uh, for horror, I would just like something that's scary, please.
1: Yeah, please I'll scare try. me. I'll try. I I feel like our levels of what is scary are very different, but I'll do my hardest. Do to your best. Um, oh, did you have like a like? Was there another comment you wanted to make about Mrs. Danvers about why I felt like she was so scary, or was that already?
0: Uh, no, that's pretty okay. much it. Okay, because we were like, I was gonna say that for the end, so I just want to make sure. No, the thing okay. I was gonna say for the end was my my opinion on Mrs. Oh, Danvers. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Which was that? Which was that? that. She's not the villain. <laughs> Great. Which is why it was so funny when you're like, oh, I find Mrs. Danvers horrifying and I was like, Okay. <laughs> I just think she's so creepy. I sympathized with oh, her. Oh my for gosh. Of course of you villain. <laughs> you gonna
1: come burn my house down, huh? All right. I
0: mean if you cross me. <laughs> you all heard if it. You here. murder Please. my my daughter, yes. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm
1: gonna fire you before you can set my house on fire.
0: Do it. Mm. Uh, all right so next week we are going to be uh back with another morphs monday with animorphs number 49 the diversion and then the week after that we're going to be starting a new uh submitted unit with a uh suggestion from listener slash fellow podcaster kate from all the good dogs which we've uh guessed it on a couple times she suggested a while ago, like a year ago, uh, that we it us read. A long time to, get to it does. I'm sorry. Uh, that we uh, look into MLM paranormal romance, and specifically suggested that we look into uh, a book called "Among the Living" by Jordan Castillo Price. In the meantime, if you
1: have any books or units you think would be good for us to cover for the podcast. You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because if you don't, I guess Em's going to burn down your house. Maybe. <laughs> If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five star review. But if you don't, that's all right because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like.
0: In the words of Daphne DeMare, if you think I'm one of the people who try to be funny at breakfast, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how dare you even <laughs> think such a thing!
1: God forbid! <laughs> Oh, I do have a story. Oh, my. OK, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we can just talk about it later. It's like we of an aggravation, not a story.
0: Related to a sibling? No, no. Is it related to a parent?
1: Here's the thing. My gynecologist, I've seen her twice now. <laughs> and I really like her. This can be the stinger or whatever. I've seen my gynecologist <laughs> twice now um, since we've moved. And she calls. I hope it's everyone. I'm pretty sure it, it can't possibly be just me. That would be so narcissistic. She calls her patients my love. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is too intimate for someone who's looking directly at my whole ass vagina. Like, please. <laughs> she literally said, relax your butt cheeks, my love. And I was like, what?
0: Oh, no. But it
1: was like the quickest path of my life. So I was like, I'm going to keep coming here. But please stop <laughs> calling me my love.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the story. <laughs> I got your consent. i using yeah. it.
1: Relax your butt cheeks, my love.